Welcome to another cast. Click play or stay away. All right, welcome to Click Play or Stay Away, where we will discuss the offerings on streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and more. Uh, I'm joined again by Mike. Hello, sir. Hey there, how you doing? All right. Now this week, we're going to be talking about YouTube Premium's Cobra Kai and Netflix's film Someone Great. Um, so we're going to do Someone Great first because there's a lot more to talk about with Cobra Kai. Um, Someone Great is directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson, who I went and checked. She doesn't have much of a resume, um, so I can't even name things you would probably you would probably uh, ah, <laughs> that you would probably know. Um, but it was produced by Paul Feig, which was kind of surprising to me. He, he had hits with Bridesmaids, A Simple Favor, and then he did have the Ghostbusters reboot, which uh, yeah. We can get Wait in trouble a minute. if we... What? Did you just toss Bridemaids out there as a reason for this guy to be a good director? No, that was a successful film. I didn't say... He, oh, he's okay. a producer. I didn't say it was good. I was going <laughs> to say, wasn't that the, the chick that steals all the jokes? No, 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 no. Amy you're Schumer. thinking of... Was you're she thinking uh, of um, No, it, it was uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Melissa Oh, I'm McCarthy. thinking Trainwreck. Never mind. Yes, Trainwreck. Yeah, that was... Yeah. But Bridesmaids was a hit. Um, and simple favor I actually saw, and that wasn't, that wasn't bad. Uh, it was okay. But the Ghostbusters reboot, um, it, you know, the thing about that movie, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. But the, the, here's the problem for me. I'm not like a Ghostbusters fanboy from back in the day. Uh, nor am I. Enjoyed I. It. I mean, yeah, the first I'm, one was good. Wasn't anything expected. People want it you, to be a lot better than. See, it the thing was. is, you got to remember the other movies that were. I mean, you had the Raiders of the Lost Ark films. You had the Star Wars films. You had the Rocky films. You know, there was an awful lot of really big stuff coming out back then, and it was a pretty crowded field. So, right. I mean, that's not to say that you know Ghostbusters isn't like a classic movie, but if I'm honest. I don't remember. I mean, it was cool. Like, oh, yeah, it was a good movie. But we, I didn't get excited about it. I'm almost embarrassed to say this now. But I didn't get as excited about that as I did for, like, E.T. And, of course, we've talked about E.T. before. Boy, talk about a movie that aged poorly. Doesn't hold up. Doesn't no, stand the test No, no. If you haven't seen E.T. since the 80s, don't watch it again. Yeah, there's really You'll be, no reason You to. will just be let down. Yeah, and if you've never seen it and you see all the hype about it, don't watch it. Yeah, no don't. Just, just, just remember that you missed your opportunity uh, to watch that movie back before Drew Barrymore was a drunk. Well, that's important there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, and the someone great stars Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin, uh, Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You and Get Out. I, I enjoy Lakeith Stanfield. I always think he he does a really great job in everything he's in. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Snow and Dewanda Wise. Um, Sorry now, to bother, and I'm just to back up a little bit. Sorry to bother you was a fantastic movie. It really was, and I don't think many people know about it. Um, and I, I believe it is streaming on Netflix, right? Yes, it is, and boy, it is fucked up. But man, what a fantastic <laughs> story! Yeah, so give that that we're not although we're not reviewing it. Give that one a look. Um, so. Someone Great is a story of a uh, girl who's dumped by her long-term boyfriend. 
so she recruits her two friends for one last outrageous adventure in New York City before she moves to San Francisco. Now, at face value, this is a chick flick, um, but it's a comedy. So I, I gave it a shot. I don't just to you know figure maybe there's some laughs in there, um, but I didn't really find many. Did you? Um, no. No, I don't think uh I don't think I laughed at a whole lot. Um they kept running the same gag over and over again, which was three girls smoking weed, drinking tequila, stopping what they're doing to dance and sing a song that they remembered from when they were in college. How many times during that movie did they pull that same gag? Far more than I enjoyed seeing because I hate that once. Like right. I, that to me, I, I, when you have a trope in a film that, that's so overused, that to me just drives me crazy. Like the whole, oh, we all have to stop and sing now and dance around. Um, and there, in this, there, it, it really is overdone and it's awful. Every every single time. Yeah, I thought because the best part of the movie was RuPaul, but not because of anything he did in the movie. It was just like, oh no shit, it's RuPaul, like just dressed as he is. Yeah, he wasn't dressed as in like drag. A, you know, he wasn't you know exaggerating his mannerisms. It was just RuPaul, and I thought I was like, oh no shit, RuPaul. That was yeah as exciting as the movie got, as far as I was concerned. And he played like a, I guess he was a drug dealing pimp or something. I think he said something about pimping, but I know he's a drug dealer. But. I couldn't tell if the pimp talk was slang, but he's the guy they got the X from. The Molly. Yeah. Um, and so the other, I guess one of the issues I have with this film, I don't enjoy, like there seems to be this trend now if there's a female buddy film. Um, they have to be over the top, raunchy and vile, and and I mean, I, I don't know. It just I don't enjoy necessarily watching films where that's what uh, like a comedy where it relies on that solely with a group of men, and and that's what this was doing. It felt like it was just let's try to be as vile as possible. I mean, there's talking about like they had the shit they had the diary you know what i mean yeah like just everything just felt like so try hard um and there's just no laughs you know and i'm one f i i love me a good poop joke yeah see i don't <laughs> so it doesn't but I, these, work these weren't these weren't it just wasn't and i've and i've been thinking about it since we both agreed that this was what we were going to review I felt like I've seen this movie before, but I can't figure out which one it was. Because nothing, it's all of them. Yeah, because nothing in this movie felt really all that original. Yeah. It just borrowed from concepts you've seen a million times before. It relied way too heavily on nostalgic soundtrack of just... And, and it, there's another problem for me. I don't enjoy music like that. Like, that's not my thing. You know, the the rap or R&B pop whatever the shit that was um I don't like that stuff so th that wasn't pulling any nostalgia strings for me um sure. and wa but those watching songs, them dance if those songs had been placed a little bit you know a, just a little bit more cleverly as opposed to mm -hmm. again you know three girls 
stoned, drunk, stopping what they're doing, grinding on each other to sing a song. That's the way that all of those songs were presented. If they were maybe presented a little bit more cleverly, you know, it would have made a little bit more, a little bit more sense. Maybe add a little bit more continuity to the music as opposed to like, oh, I guess we're doing this again. Right. Yeah. It just it, it was it just felt so cliche from top to bottom. Um, I if I guess if if there's anything that I liked about the film. Uh, it had some moments that felt legit as far as when you were in a long-term relationship and that relationship ends. Um, but even then she, she, I, I believe it was a nine year relationship. If I remember they were supposedly together. Um, and then she immediately gets over it within 24 hours. She's good. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, are you even trying here or is this just like Netflix needed to make something, you know? So I, I think it's needless to say I, that I'm throwing a stay away on this, on this piece of garbage. I, I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to have to double that. I am willing to give the disclaimer that there is the possibility that I have aged out on being entertained by these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. And that if you are a, 22-year-old, 23-year-old girl who just graduated college and you got your first job working in D.C. or Boston or New York City and you sat down with your girlfriends to maybe watch this movie and, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be us. Well, then maybe you would be entertained by that movie. So I'm sure that there is an audience of people out there that might be into this thing, um, but it ain't me. No, it's not. I don't think it's any men uh, our age and possibly just any men in general. It's definitely not made for us, um, you know, which makes me realize we probably are going to need to find some uh, female to come on for things like this. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm just thinking. You know, I mean, it's not. I mean fair. the movie, I not mean, the girl coming on. I mean the movie. Girl coming yeah. on would be great. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking about. It. I mean, like, uh, you know, we're never gonna like a movie. I. I don't think we're ever gonna like a movie like this. So maybe our opinion here is not fair, in any way. That's kind of what I meant by giving the disclaimer that I feel that there's a possibility that I may have aged out on being entertained by a movie like this. Um, but then I remember, um, remember the movie singles back in the nineties, that, that, that grunge soundtrack movie that everybody loved because Bridget Fonda was in it. Um, and Matt Dillon and and maybe that's kind of the movie I was thinking of in that, Um, like I was saying that I've seen this before because it's kind of that same coming of age thing. It's a little bit different because of the breakup, but there is a breakup. It's just, it's not the core of the movie. Um, but in any event, you know, that's kind of a chick flick and I didn't think that was that bad. I'm trying to think of chick flicks that I've seen. Is this where I get to admit that I watched that Kirsten Dunst movie? What's the cheerleading movie that she was in? Oh, I, 
Oh my god, I can't remember <laughs> what the hell that's called. <laughs> but I, I, I do of, know what you're talking about, though. I, I, I just can't remember what the hell it was. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I got to admit, I, I kind of like that movie more because I'm a dirtball. Yeah, that that seems creepy. In fact, there was, if I remember <laughs> that, because I have seen it. Wasn't there a pervert in the film that would like just hang out and watch them cheer and stuff? I just remember some old middle-aged dude, and then they finally like confronted him about it. I don't, rem- I don't remember Unless that. Unless I'm thinking of something else, but yeah. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say, uh, stay away. If you're a man, yeah. If, stay away if you're a guy, uh, especially your middle-aged guy. There's nothing in this for you. Um, nothing at all. I, it's I, not I found... a movie for children. Oh no, 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 not at all. Like, like when the last episode when we when we talked about what was that called a perfect date? Yeah, we we had we uh, said... done the review of the perfect date, which was an adequate movie. I didn't particularly care for it, but yeah. um, that was a little family friendly. And as I had said, you know, if I had your twelve year old daughter that I had to like babysit because in a pinch you didn't have anybody to watch her, and I sat her down in front of the TV and she watched the perfect date, that would be cool. If you found out that I sat her down in front of the TV and she watched someone great, you'd be pissed. Oh yeah! Oh god! I mean, yeah, drugs, sex, constantly, just just awfulness. So, I mean, if you're someone listening to this and you're wondering for the kids, uh, no. Right. If your tween daughter is like, Dad, I want to watch this, just say no. Yeah, stay away. All right, so let's just move on to Cobra Kai season two now. If you haven't watched any Cobra Kai, we're probably going to spoil some things here. So you might want to, I don't know, maybe not listen. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail. I just want to kind of cover the character of Johnny Lawrence. Um, Season one, if you haven't seen it, uh, is fantastic. It's better than anything you could imagine it would be based off of the Karate Kid. Um, it, It... we follow Johnny Lawrence, the villain of the Karate Kid, as a middle-aged man now, and how that failure from the All-Valley Tournament went on to just snowball through the rest of his life. But the brilliance, I think, of that first season is how we examine everything that happened in that film through the eyes of Johnny Lawrence. And when we do that... Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio, doesn't seem like such a great guy anymore. Um, is that how you kind of took the first season? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're you're describing it perfectly. I mean, Johnny, you know, he came off as like a, a, a pure metaphor for, for failure. For people specifically in our age group that have just, things haven't gone well. Yeah, and and... It was the brilliance of it for me was just the all the subtlety uh, that they put into the character that I don't think ever existed originally. I mean, I, I even think they took some creative liberties because my interpretation of that character back then was that he was like a preppy douchebag. Um, and now we see him as a leftover 80s rocker kind of guy. Yeah. Um, who's into all things badass, as he calls them, you know. Oh yeah. Um and you know th- there were so so many the way they handled everything was so like shocking in that first season because when I saw the trailers for that I just figured that this was going to be a train wreck. 
uh, who was asking for this? You know, nobody needs to see this. It looked like, you know, it didn't have the biggest budget in the world. But then you realize what they were doing once you started watching and you knew it didn't need a big budget. And even though we weren't asking for it, we realized we needed to see these character stories now, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my initial my initial opinion was like, are you kidding me? They're turning this into a TV show. How who wants to watch that? And then within the first episode, by the time I was done watching the second episode, I was hooked because. There was backstory for Johnny Lawrence that was never really covered in any of the original movies and told in such a way that it it was compelling the way that it filled in gaps that you didn't know existed in that character. And it was almost, I hate to say this, um, but it was almost like a perfectly told story. I, I, think, it, I think it was pretty close to perfect. I mean, um, because... It, I don't know that I've ever seen anything before that completely changes your opinion of something that has basically existed in pop culture for as long as that had three decades um, and then just flipped it upside down. And you and and now in fairness, um, this is all based on, I believe, there was a there was a YouTube video where I think it was like Daniel LaRusso was actually a bastard or something along those lines. And it kind of played off of that idea. But it, but this did it much more brilliantly. It went into all the depth of everything. Um, but I don't I don't think there's anything I don't think it's ever been done before where I mean, for us who grew up in the 80s, the karate kid is a staple of 80s film. Um, and oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they just completely changed your entire perspective. And, you know, I watch it now and I, and I find myself disliking LaRusso uh, to a certain degree. He's not like a villain, but he's not a necessarily 100% likable either. And you don't but like you do... people who everything seems to work out for them. Right. And now Lawrence is the underdog. Right. He's the guy you're you're rooting for now. Right. He's no know? longer the bully. No. He's still got and, like you know, bully tendencies, but he doesn't act on them. And they're not as caustic as they were in the character that he played in the original movies. He's like he's right. like the likable dope. Absolutely a dope. And and I, I want to get into that for a second. When in the first season one of the my favorite probably my favorite episode um there's a moment where daniel and johnny are forced to spend some time together through a certain set of circumstances and they end up in a bar um johnny's idea and they end up in a bar doing shots and they start going into detail um you know, Johnny starts explaining to him like you think I was the bad guy you came to town you stole my girlfriend you you ruined my you know karate uh, reputation. You you took everything from me. You know, and during that they they start having a conversation. I'm just going to play a clip. It kind of highlights what kind of guy Johnny is now. How out of touch he is with everything that's commonplace in our lives in in 2019. Um, so here's here's a little bit of that interaction in the bar. 
Spaghetti all over your face, man. It was hilarious. There wasn't any spaghetti on my face. It was on my chest, and that, that sauce burned. Yeah, it's even funnier, man. Yeah. Hey, laugh all you want. I hear Ali clocked you right after that. Yeah, I had it coming. Oh, man, that girl was something. Yeah, she was. You ever see her these days? Nah. Not in decades. Maybe she met some guy in med school. Ali's a doctor now? Wow. I knew she was smart, but I figured she was hot enough to avoid work. Yeah, she's a pediatric <laughs> surgeon. Her husband's an oncologist. Sounds like a tool. I don't know. I never met him. They live in Denver. For someone who hasn't talked to Allie in decades, you sure know an awful lot about her, man. I've seen her on Facebook. What's a Facebook? Wow. Really, John? <laughs> Come on. What's a Facebook? And that kind of encapsulates the character. And I also love when he says, I figured she was good looking enough to not have to work or whatever. Um, everything, you know, his mind still works in that old way. And, yeah, but, arrested but development. A, but in an incredibly charming way, though. Like, yes, in it a is way very that, charming. Like in the second season when he gets his... Uh, um, smartphone. His, his new yes, you've reached the smartphone voicemail for Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> it's like, dude, how could you yeah. be so uninformed? But you know, whatever. He's, but it's it's char- in a weird way. It's kind of you know charming, and you 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 would hope that he would be someone if you knew you could laugh with him about how ridiculous he is at times, as opposed to him feeling like you're laughing at him. Right. And, you know, he, he's, he, his character is trapped between that world. Like he, he wants to get along with people, but his, his, just the way he's disenfranchised from society, um, creates a lot of like bad feelings sometimes and maybe not intentionally, um, but I love the way, you know, where I was saying where now he's an, he's an eighties rocker, um, the detail, like Whoever's doing it, uh, you know, the first season, you know, when he's trying to teach his new uh, student about rat and lay it down, you know, <laughs> like, right, and, right. and then in this this year, he comes out of his apartment wearing a zebra concert shirt. I don't even know the last time zebra has been mentioned anywhere, but whoever's doing this, the attention to detail that they put into this character and his love of old 80s rock and and stuff like that. It's, it's just fantastic. I mean, it, I can't recommend the first season enough. And the second season now, and that's what we're here to review, um, not as good as it had a little more of a cheese kind of feel to it. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It felt the thing about the first season was it was an incredibly well told story that really never missed a beat. And it felt like it felt like something special. Um, it, and this is probably going to make a couple people go like, what? But it felt special the same way like Breaking Bad did. Now, Breaking Bad is classic television. And I, and I yeah. almost hate to even compare it to that. And, and I'll even go so far as to say that I'm not. But that feeling of like, wow, this is, all, like, this is what television could be. This is, this is how to tell a story. It didn't just feel like television. It felt like a special story. The second season yeah. just feels like television. But it's not bad. It's not horrible. But it feels like you're just no. watching a regular TV show. Yeah, there's just some episodes exactly like you 
the the episodes uh, and and what I think another problem with the second season for me was we strayed away from this being the the story of Johnny Lawrence and we had to cover more of the characters that we came to know now from the first season the ones right. who were foreign to us at the outset and now who became part of this story and we spent a lot of time with those characters and they're just not as compelling as Johnny Lawrence is Right. And so it was all their kids he, and it started to feel like Beverly Hills 90210. Yes. And, right. and like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about Johnny Lawrence's son. I don't give a fuck about LaRusso's daughter. You know, that's right. not, that's not what I, when I think of the story between these two guys, I think of the kind of things, or at least I feel like I want to see more of the kind of things that were gone over in the first season. I don't care about the kids, but it does finish strong. It's just that there's oh, a lot yeah. of there's a lot of episodes where it's developing the backstory of characters that I don't care about. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it, those characters that the kids served more as set pieces in the first season, right? Um, where they were utilized to further the story of Johnny Lawrence, to mm -hmm. further the story of Daniel Larusso. Um, mm -hmm. whereas now they took more center stage and I don't think that's what anybody was really looking for. Um, but it still was a completely good season. Yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't horrible. Terrible. No, it wasn't bad. It yeah. was, it was very good. The only, the only strike that it has against it is that it had to be the second season after such a strong first season. Right. Yeah, and you're just you were not going to top that first. No, no. Just, or you know what? If if you did, like if they had managed to be as good the second season as they were the first season, whoever it was that wrote that script would be writing. You know, they would be like the next. Uh, what's her face? Uh, who's the chick whose dad was the? He did all the TV shows in the seventies. Aaron did like, Spelling. Yeah, he'd be like the next Spelling. You know, he'd make like. 50 yeah. television shows over the next three decades. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it, as you said, it finishes the, the final moments of the finale are fantastic. Yes. Um, yes. It, it absolutely it, delivers. It ends in a way that you, you, you need a season three to complete the story. And I do hope season three is the f final chapter in this story. Um, because I don't, I don't want to see this drug out too long, uh, and it ends in a way that signals the the oncoming season three. And this morning, it was renewed for a third season, so we will be getting uh, season three of Cobra Kai. And I, I don't know, you, you are you with me on that? Do you hope that this next season is the final season? If the next season is able to achieve the highs of the first season, I would be willing to accept a fourth season. Mm -hmm. If the decline in the third season is similar to the decline between the first and the second, I hope better heads prevail and they call it quits. And they wrap it up. Yeah. And I, I guess I would agree with that because we, without spoilers, we both know what is going to have to happen in season three. And there is room there for some really great storytelling. Um, and really hilarious moments with Johnny and Daniel, uh, you know, if, if what it appears is about to happen is going to happen. 
Um, so it could it could be an incredible season, but if it's not, I, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Like, let's let's wrap it up. Let's put a bow on this story. Somebody's got to die. Uh, somebody's somebody's got to die. It's possible. We came close this season. Yeah, without um, without spoiling anything. Yeah, but some some yeah. and and I I think it's yeah somebody's got to die. Yeah. And it's got to be somebody's fault. Like, it's got to clearly be someone's fault that someone died. And that's how it's got to yeah. end. It'd be interesting. Um, another renewal was Pen15. Uh, we haven't spoken about that on here, but uh, me and old Sussex9 have on another cast. Uh, it's a Hulu original. Two young girls, well, they're supposed to be young girls. They're actually in their 30s. Uh, playing, uh, are they eighth grade, right? Isn't I that believe they're, they're eighth graders, yes. Yeah, eighth graders. Oh, no, 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 the- no. I think they're actually seventh graders because remember uh, in the first episode when she starts to insult that kid, don't they run to somebody who is in eighth grade to save them uh, for something? You're right. Yep, you're right. And they boy, that to, round uh, of insults that they dump on that kid <laughs> was just like, oh, ow, Jesus, I'm an adult. I don't know that I would say that to another adult. What are you doing to the poor kid? Yeah, that show it, that show has some really crazy cringe moments. Um, and you've seen the masturbation episode. Oh, <laughs> when her grand how, dead, how her, uncomfortable was that? Dude, the, <laughs> dead, the dead grandfather watching. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. and then the way it closes with him watching the brother too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It, it was th- that show. Uh, you know, I think the two girls actually created the show, and I think it's brilliant. I think it's one of the funniest things um, out there. And uh, so I'm glad to see it's got a second season. And I know my girlfriend will be thrilled that it's gotten a second. What season year is that? Because... Sh- what year is that show set in? Two thousand. So in 2000, mm. there were still boys tuning into channels where you could buy porn, hoping to get a screenshot that was clear enough so that you could see boobs. It was a Spice Channel. See, I, I, I guess <laughs> at that point in my life, I was not home watching TV. I'm not married. I don't have kids. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, do I know what the Spice Channel is? Yes. But in my mind, when I saw that happen, I was like, wait a minute. Is this movie set in the 80s? Because I remember being at my buddy Fred's house as a kid, and he was one of the first kids in the neighborhood to have porn. And that mm-hmm. exact same, like, screen where you could hear the audio. And, of course, being, oh, yeah. being, being 11, 12 years old, listening to some chick get the business, you know, that was enough... <laughs> That was enough to pop one up, and uh, you'd sit there, and every once in a while, like, oh my god, a boob, you know. And then to see oh, these yeah. kids doing that in the bedroom, I was like, well, wait a minute, what year is this? And I didn't realize yeah, it no, was. That's... I didn't realize as late as the year two thousand that cable companies. Uh, that's probably about right. I think it's about right. I mean, I know I had, you know, everybody had the old disc scrambler box back then, but the Spice Channel. Um, was more considered a pay-per-view, which didn't work on the same principle as the the Scrambler box. Because I thought that by then you already had, and this is a much deeper dive 
on cable soft porn than I was intending. But I mm. thought back, I thought at that point that you had the screen kind of like you do now on the dish where like if you tune into a channel that you don't get, it said, oh, well, this is premium content. You know, call, you know, 1-800, you know, get porn, whatever the number um, was. It's possible. You you might be right about that. It's possible. It, it certainly was in that window somewhere. I mean, um, but I do... I absolutely remember when that switched over because that was the that was the sad smiley face day when you came home to watch your discrambled stuff with your box and then all of a sudden you <laughs> you said box instead. yeah <laughs> yeah there you <laughs> speaking of porn <laughs> and so so um, that was the whole situation with that so it was definitely in that window but right. I got it that, right here that it's... episode. This comedy series depicts middle school as it really happened. Comics Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle play versions of themselves as teenage outcasts in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I love the show. Yeah, that... I'm just going to say it. This is a definite click play. For me, I don't know if we're at that point yet, but I feel like I've, are. I've said enough about this show that I got to say, I like it. It's funny. These girls are incredibly awkward. As I was saying earlier, it feels like Napoleon Dynamite with girls. Absolutely. It's cringy. It's um, that masturbation episode is just so uncomfortable. The thong episode, if you mm -hmm. get to that one, it was just very uncomfortable again. The way they rip on um, that kid in the first episode, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's brutal. Leave the poor kid. Like, and you're rooting against that kid all the way up until she starts laying into him. And you're like, oh my God, you can't <laughs> talk to a child that way. Yeah. And that's what's weird about it too, man, is that they, the, their schoolmates are children. Right. They're just in their 30s. Yes. Um, and that's, that really makes it uncomfortable, especially when there's scenes where they're doing seven minutes in heaven, you know, and shit like that. And you're just like, what are they going to do here? And that you know? stupid bowl uh, cut. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. That, that cracked me up, man. It but, almost um, feels like something yes. that like Gilda Radner would have done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're great. They, they play the characters perfectly. They're they're uncomfortable like young girls, and I mean, I guess if you've been a young girl, you know how you used to act, and 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 you know, as I said, my girlfriend um, had a bunch of her friends and her sisters watch it, and they think it's as fantastic as she does because they said it all reminds them of being young in seventh grade and how stupid they were as young girls. So, um, yeah, I mean that Johnny Lawrence click play. Ten fifteen, click play. Now you said you wanted to talk about uh something else. You were gonna recommend yeah, something there else. Yeah, there was uh there was one other thing that I watched. It was uh, Devil at the Crossroads, and it's the story of uh, Robert Johnson, um, who is an original blues performer uh, from the Mississippi Delta. Um, it's about a twenty-five to thirty-minute watch, and it basically tells the story of the guy that. For all intents and purposes, he created rock and roll. He's the guy mm -hmm. that took blues and guitar picking and turned it into what really is the foundation of what we began to know as rock and roll. When in the 60s, when there was a lot of blues revival, 
that was created by guys like Mick Jagger and The Who and Led Zeppelin. Um, these are the guys who, during the British invasion, you know, were basically taking the work of some of the earliest figures in rock and roll. And they actually do some interviews with like Keith Richards. And this is the guy that started it. And if you're a fan of music, even if you're not a fan of rock and roll, if you're just a fan of music, it is absolutely worth listening to the story uh, of Robert Johnson because he's the guy that started it all. Yeah. The, um, there was a podcast, uh, but I believe it's no longer in operation. It was called the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. And I think they did a two-parter on Robert Johnson and, you know, the legend of him selling his soul to the devil at the crossroads and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting. Um, his, the, everything that happened to him afterwards, um, I, I don't believe in things like that. But um, the, the, the tale was, and I don't know if they cover it in the doc you watched, but he was apparently a terrible guitarist, just abysmal to the point that they would laugh him out of, you know, whatever little honky tonks or whatever he was playing. Yep. And, and that he went away for like six months, came back and was blowing everybody else a, out of the water. I think water. it was a little bit longer than that, but yeah, he did go oh, okay. away. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, his departure from the music scene was like a year and a half or two years. And as they tell oh, the okay. story, I there was a guy who kind of helped him out and they used to go and practice in this cemetery and right. because it was a place that they could go to be alone at night. Um, yeah. And they took that as more of a sign that he was evil now or something. Yeah. Like and you know, you've got a lot of the mythology um, of, you know, death and the devil and things like that. And um, it was mostly a Jamaican uh, community. Um, so mm -hmm. the, the symbolism around death and, uh, cemeteries is something that kind of fed into the myth and the legend of Robert Johnson and how, how he picked up these skills. But that's exactly right that, you know, he was a guy who would go to these shows. There was actually a story that was told about a couple of guys who were playing a show and he had a tendency to show up and like in between their breaks, he used to grab their guitars and jump up on stage and try and play. And he was so bad mm. that, you know, people would complain and someone from the honky tonk used to come out and tell these guys like, yo, get this guy the fuck off the stage. He's bothering all the patrons. And then, you yeah. know, he then eventually disappears. He has a lot of personal tragedy um, with uh, an abusive father and, you know, uh, a marriage to a wife that, you know, ends in tragedy. Um, mm -hmm. And then he disappears. And when he comes back, and there's a cut. There's there's 29 recordings um, because he actually uh, did make it into the studio to record 20. It's either 27 or 29 of his songs. Um, and when you listen to them, they're kind of spooky. When you listen to the way that he worked the guitar, and you consider, you know, some of the Led Zeppelin stuff that you've heard, some of the Rolling Stone stuff that you heard, um, you can't help but hear the influence that he had on some of the biggest rock and roll acts that the world has ever seen. Yeah, those British guys, um, all, all of them were just influenced by a bunch of the chess records 
uh, blues musicians, right. like Howlin' Wolf and stuff like that. So, and that all obviously was derived from Johnson and and stuff like that. Um, all right, I'll check that out. So yeah, uh, it's a it's it's a quick watch. The only reason I watched it is because you know I was like, oh, I I got a half an hour or so to watch something, uh, and I'm glad that I did. It's absolutely worth watching if you're someone that is into music. Um, and you'd like to know a little bit of, you know, the history of how we got to where we are. Totally worth yeah. watching. All right. So there you go. For to, to recap, we both say stay away from someone great. Yes. And Cobra Kai. Absolutely worth Pen watching. Pen 15. Yep. Pen 15 and is great. And I will say that I'm going to use Pen 15 as an example of how I can watch stories about women and laugh at them and enjoy them. <laughs> if they're done well. If it's, I mean, it's done well. You know, yeah. it's, it, and it's it, cringy, you know, but in a very there's, funny there's way. Not like just try hard laziness. Hey, look like, how drunk we are. Look, we're smoking weed. Oh my God, we got Molly. Yeah. Oh, I um, love this song. I know all the words. It's like, dude, again. Yeah. Oh, let me, let me just have sex with this dude for wristbands to a concert that's in a bar, apparently. Like, it, it was just. It was so stupid. Just such a stupid movie. So there you go. So you got you got a few things here. If you're sitting around this weekend or this week and you need something to watch, we sit, we took a bullet for you with someone great. We're telling you stay away unless you're a you know, a girl that likes to go out to the clubs with her girlfriends. Maybe you'll like this. We don't know. Um, but the rest of them, they're all solid. Spend all the time with Cobra Kai if you haven't. That's a win all, all across the board. Yeah, and if you haven't, and if, season. and if you haven't watched the first season yet, you definitely got to jump in and watch that first. You can't watch the second season of Cobra Kai without watching the first one. Oh yeah, no, don't, don't do that. Definitely. So that's it. And next time, uh, we've already decided we are going to be reviewing Netflix two two new Netflix uh, films. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, the Zac Efron, uh, Ted Bundy film, um, and The Last Summer, which, as far as we can tell, is a story about your last summer after high school and before you have to go and become real uh, adult people. Can, can I, I, can I anybody, admit that I uh, hate Zac Efron? Really? I like Zac yeah, Efron. No, no, I, and I, that's the thing is I like Zac Efron. You know what I hate about Zac Efron? No one should be mm. that talented and that good looking. The guy's got like <laughs> no weaknesses. He can act. He nah. he can sing. Uh, he can play yeah. musical instruments. Uh, the dude could sweep just about any chick off of her feet. Uh, he seems pretty witty and clever. Like no one guy should have all of that. Fucking Zac Efron. Eh, I don't hate him. Too <laughs> I'm and, mostly joking. I'm mostly joking. But it's just like, dude, and, is he bad at anything? I mean, like, I hope he can't cook I don't think or his so. breath stinks. Yeah, maybe he does have a problem like that. Yeah. You know, that would be nice. He chews with his mouth open. Yeah. I mean, he, he could. He could be, you know, just really obnoxious to be around in a, in a meal. When Let's just hope for something When he's like watching that. TV, he picks his nose and eats it. Well... Let's hope he don't. I wouldn't want to see any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, one last quick thing, because there's it's too much to talk about. Uh, I introduced this to a friend the other day. Speaking of streaming, um, if you have a Fire Stick or Roku, uh, I don't know if it's available on Apple TV. Pluto TV. It's an app that basically gives you a cable TV service live. Um, there are commercials through the shows, but 
Uh, for instance, there's an entire classic TV channel that airs stuff like Bewitched, um, the, the, you know, The Little Rascals, Dennis the Menace, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, Charlie's Angels, 70 shows, The Greatest American Hero from the 80s. Um, there's a game show network. Uh, it's not the game show. It's called Buzzer. Um, all card sharks, press your luck, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're if you're a cord cutter and you just want to have something to throw on that's mindless here and there, and they're all there is also a bunch of movies offered, um, more current stuff, you know, um, it's 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 a kind of cool thing and it's completely free. Um, so check that out for streaming and if you're a cord cutter, uh, I because I had a friend and he totally was unaware of this, and then I talked to someone else and they were unaware of it too. I just thought everybody knew. So I'm now assuming people don't know. So I'm telling you, go get yourself Pluto TV on your Fire Stick. Yeah, I didn't know. And we will see you on the next episode. Yeah, I know. It did on my side. But I think we I think we handled it well. Here, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop recording. And stop.